So the other day I was walking home from school, right? It was getting late in the day. The sun was starting to go down, but the, everything had sort of that orangish, orangish hue as it does on a nice spring night, you know? Um, but it was still hot. It was a little hot. Um, and I, I lived down Vine, so I was walking down that way. And it goes over that creek, um, that creek there, antelope, salt, it's salty antelope um, ravine, I think is what they call it. Um, and so I, I decided to go down kind of by the water and cool off for a second before I finished my journey home. And so uh, I did. I went down. I went down the ravine, um, and it was nice and cool. There was a cool breeze coming. But something seemed a little bit off. I, I've, I've spent a lot of time under bridges in Lincoln, and this time felt strange to me. Um, so I started looking around, and suddenly I saw something out of the corner of my eye kind of scurry up to me. And I looked down, and it was a, a squirrel a squirrel looking at me, up at me. And then I, by the time I noticed that one, there were three more that came up behind me. And then a rabbit came up. And I was, I was very confused. I didn't know what was going on, especially after one raccoon walked up to me and he took a knee. <laughs> he took a knee and he looked at me. He put his hands together and he bowed his head and he said, welcome. Mark, welcome. And I said, what is this, raccoon? I don't know what is going on here. Why are there so many small creatures scurrying around me? Some had taken knees at some point, at this point. Some were still sort of um, finding their position, I, I assume. And um, the raccoon looked up to me and and he said he, he said that you know and I, I looked down at him and I said raccoon like <laughs> what is what is this I'm I'm just walking home from school you know and I I um I was bewildered to be honest and the raccoon he, he had his head down by his hands as if he was praying and he looked up at me and he said no mark you're on a much greater journey than that and after that, I, I, I reached down and I shook his paw. And he had a firm, <laughs> firm paw shake. It was really incredible for such a small hand. And I knew that this was real, you know? It was astonishing to me. But anyway, Sam, how was your day? <laughs> it wasn't that good. <laughs> I wish that had happened to me. <laughs> Well, yeah, welcome, everybody, to the Star City Culture Committee. Um, my name is Mark Champion, and this will be the last time I ever host this podcast. Um, today, we've got some really special guests. First of all, is our assistant Not culture editor. Yeah, our, our host. One of the hosts, Jenna Thompson, the assistant culture editor. And our, our two special guests who are not hosts are first of all sam chrysler <laughs> a former senior culture editor uh graduated in 2019 and also joining us today jolie peel i'm next year's senior culture editor yeah and what are you right now jolie um I, I well, guess right now I'm yeah. an assistant culture editor. I was an assistant news editor like two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So due to some staffing um, changes, Jolie came into the culture section. Well, she first got the job as senior culture yeah. editor for next year, I think. And then uh, she got moved into this section to learn our ways for uh for next year a little bit well cool we can kick off this podcast maybe um we can start by talking about sam your cultural cultural background and um that kind of stuff so maybe do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do okay like my time at the dn you mean and or... your time like in the music scene and sure stuff okay like that. um well 
I joined the DN in 2016, which was my sophomore year, because I was too afraid to do it my freshman year. Uh, my sister joined with me. Uh, she went to the first meeting with me, and so she was also part of. It was arts and entertainment at that point. Mm. Um, so we we joined A and E at the same time, which was fall of 2016, and I. I did pretty well when I first started. I was, what is it, rookie of the semester, my first oh, semester. Wow. Nice. Um, but Mari quit pretty soon after that. It wasn't it wasn't her bag, but I stuck around until March of 2017, when for some reason it was just too much for me. Like I had a bunch of school stuff going on, and I had to take a break. And I know I think I backed out of endowment. Right. Oh. I was thinking about this the other day, and I <laughs> felt terrible about it. I backed out of writing my endowment story, and I don't think Stephanie Cavazos was very happy with me. <laughs> um, form, she was the A &E, senior A&E editor at that point. But um, I came back in May of 2017, and I applied for assistant arts and entertainment editor, and then I got that, and I was the assistant A&E editor for a year for my junior year and then i applied for senior culture editor the next year and jessica larkins graciously hired me <laughs> um but yeah i was a reporter for like seven months and i should have done it longer probably but um also took lots of reporting classes and stuff so but the music scene part of it i i first started going to shows when my sister's band, The Way Out, they started playing shows. And that would have been like 2014. Um, I think, yeah, the first show I saw them at was October 2014. It was at Levi Hagen's house in oh. Ashland. <laughs> that was fun. Um, but, yeah, it was just basically The Way Out's roadie for a while. And I, I was just awkward and had, had not found my place in the world yet. Still haven't. But um, who among us has? <laughs> but yeah, we went to I, I went to all of their shows for a long time, and I was an avid supporter of the band. But then uh, my freshman year of college, which was fall of 2015, um, Connor Warden, who played plays guitar in the band Death Cow. He he was my roommate, and we had known each other from high school. We played on the same baseball team because I'm telling this story so super long. But <laughs> Ashland Ashland had co-op baseball with UTAN because neither school had enough people, and so that's how Connor and I knew each other, and we became friends through that. And but we really didn't become friends until Connor asked me to room with him because we. We were both going to UNL. We just, yeah. Um, so freshman year, we were rooming in the university suites, and I had an acoustic guitar in my room. We, we were in different suites, but Connor just started stealing my guitar and <laughs> playing songs. And or First, I had to teach him how to play <laughs> songs. So he learned power chords. And I don't know if he's learned anything since, <laughs> but, but he, he makes it work. Um, but yeah, we, we started Death Cow in the fall of 2016. We didn't really like, like start practicing earnestly until, until the next summer. So yeah, that was, yeah, Death Cow. We went on a lot of tours. We put out a couple albums. Um, and then like as, uh, like our stature in the scene um, started to rise a little bit. Uh, I think like people like we, we had a, a manager quote, quote unquote for a little bit. His name was Jacob Darling and he used to book a lot of shows in the music scene and he uh, was our, our manager. So he would like book our tours and he like helped us set up shows and stuff. Never knew that. Yeah. He was, he's a very helpful person and a very kind person and selfless person, but he lives in Philadelphia now with his partner. Um, but yeah, once he left for Philadelphia, that, that opened up a spot 
for somebody to start booking shows, booking DIY shows. And there have been a number of people, uh, the Mez, obviously the Mez has been very active in booking local shows, but I started booking a lot of local shows once Jacob left. And I did that for a little less than a year because like after I graduated in 2019, that's what I was doing. And then I started a booking company right before COVID hit. And that was awful time, awful timing to start a booking company. And none of the shows that I actually booked under the name bonehead booking, which is a name that I kind of, uh, my dad didn't like that name when I, when I came (laughs) up with it. Now I think that maybe I could have come up with something a little better (laughs) as I'm saying it right now. But, um, but yeah, I booked a number of shows and now, uh, I also do a radio show on KZUM with, uh, my girlfriend, Jesse, and then our friend, Audrey. Yeah. Also, Audrey is a formal, former assistant culture editor for those of you who don't know. So <laughs> yeah, she it's paid funny. her dues at the DN. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how everyone has come through here at some point or another, yeah. you know, the DN pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also funny. I'm going to interject myself into this podcast because it's my last one. So who cares? <laughs> but uh, it's funny, like how it's such a we have such a similar life, I feel like. <laughs> like I started going to shows because of my brother's band mm-hmm. um, who also played with the way out all the time. So yeah. they kind of became combined. And then I came to college. I didn't join the DN until my sophomore year. And then I spent my junior and senior year on a culture senior staff position. And I also book shows and play in a band. And it's weird. I guess <laughs> I've just modeled my entire life after you. <laughs> you guys have the same vibe, too. Thank you, I think. <laughs> I don't know what all of this means, but I do love you, Mark. <laughs> I love you, too, but, um, but yeah, I, I was just... This is kind of a funny story. We can talk about our origins for a second. But um, I was thinking the other day about how when I was in high school, uh, I was coming down. Joe, my brother, went to UNL. And so he was going to give me like an informal tour of uh, UNL and the campus and everything. And he was like, yeah, I got I got this friend who's going to school down there. Um, I think we're going to meet her for lunch. And she's going to bring her, her brother, too. Um, <laughs> and so you, Joe, and Mari and I all got lunch at Selleck. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes, Okay. Because um, uh, Joe brought Tupperware to, oh, yeah. to take the food back to the yeah. rooms. <laughs> yeah. That, so, yeah, I remember th- thinking, like, wow, this is going to be really cool if there's people like this <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm interested. What was it like rooming with Connor? I feel like that would be a, quite the experience. Um, I wasn't sold on the whole Connor experience (laughs) freshman year. I hope he doesn't listen to this, but I I did consider living by myself sophomore year. Really? Because I, I honestly didn't enjoy my freshman year like very much. Yeah. Um, I, didn't f- like I came to college thinking that I was just going to find a bunch of people like they do in the coming of age movies <laughs> where people who are just like you and have the same interests as you. And that didn't happen freshman year at all. And I, I just felt super lonely and I, I went home like all of second semester yeah. on the weekends. Mm. I, I didn't like drinking. I didn't like going to parties. I didn't like associating with people that I, uh, I don't know, didn't have an interest in being around. It sounds kind of crappy, but that's that's, that's the fair. headspace I was in back then. Um, but I, I decided that living by myself, soft, like, don't get me wrong, Connor and I were already, we were pretty good friends after freshman year. Like, we went on spring break together down to, um, we went to Texas, but we didn't go do, like, the normal spring break stuff. We, like, we went to see Connor's he has some family friends in Round Rock I think and we went to Corpus Christi in San Antonio and that was really fun I I have very fond memories of that trip 
um, except for Connor's cousin rear-ending somebody. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I decided to that I would live with him in a house in the North Bottoms sophomore year, and we that was where I sort of came out of my shell a little bit because there were always people coming over, so yeah. I was forced to interact with people. <laughs> I couldn't just hole up in my room all the time, and I tried to for like the first first year year or so. I would just hole up in my room and study, but yeah. I let loose every once in a while. <laughs> but living with Connor is it was it was an experience because he he's a very caring friend, and but he also uh, I don't know <laughs> he he just brings a lot of people around. There are a lot of people yeah. that are in Connor's uh, under his wing, sort of so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was sort of what living with Connor was like. He yeah. did the dishes every once in a while. <laughs> no, no one cleaned up in the house. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the the house you're referring to is the infamous 621 Death Cow house, right? Yep. Okay. Um, so is that the one you went to? Okay. I think so. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I brought my roommate because I was scared to go to somebody's house <laughs> oh. that I didn't know by myself at night. That's so. funny. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, Jolie, you probably don't know, but this house, it was called the Death Cow House 621. It had a few different names, but it became really like the pinnacle like house venue for a while, I feel like. Even what though we, we really didn't have that many shows there. Yeah. But when we did, they were always crazy. And That's true. We would have a very good time afterwards, too. Yeah. <laughs> and they were all numbered, right? Or, like, loosely numbered? Like the shows? Yeah. Like that I feel like... Death Cow House Show 4. Yes. I don't know if it was quite like that. Okay. Um, maybe the early on it was. I, yeah, I, I think we played, like, the fifth one or something or i don't you played I, I think you played that valentine's day one right yeah yeah Yeah, that one was great yeah i think that was either 2018 or that would have been 2019 okay yeah. but um yeah so they had a a very confusing basement first of all and also a very tiny basement um i how do you know how big it was I don't know the exact square footage. Yeah. It says on Zillow that that house is like 2,000 square feet, but I don't know if I really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> there, it squeezed six bedrooms into the house. Oh, wow. Which was... Oh. Wow. They were really small rooms. Though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. Six bedrooms, three bathrooms, and we didn't clean them very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the place where you guys would have shows, probably like... 10 feet by like 15 feet or oh something? it had was it? maybe it was a little longer than that okay <laughs> let's let's give it 20 feet okay it was not big though yeah um and you guys packed so many people down there. <laughs> it was not safe <laughs> it was so much fun though yeah i mean what was it like like trying to balance having like a house venue i guess with living in that place oh it was I, I liked it when we had all those people there. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was really cool. I'm like, wow, this is this is our house that all of these people are in. It's turned into like a, a social space. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, like my I could lock my door if I because all my possessions were basically in my bedroom, so I wasn't afraid of people stealing my stuff. <laughs> um. But yeah. Did you do a lot of the booking there? Or was it kind of a community effort? Well, initially, like, all of the shows we did there just had, like, they all had Death Cow on them. It was yeah. kind of self-serving. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> but, like, we we just thought about, like, who we would want on the shows. And, I don't know, We that was a, it was mostly a band effort. Yeah. But there were a few times when, like, actually when the Mez didn't have power for a while. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Had to move at least one show there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I I think it was more than that. So the Mez, um, which is a venue I co-manage, uh, there was a, a dumpster fire in the back alley behind it. A literal um, dumpster fire. A literal dumpster <laughs> fire. Isn't that so ridiculous? Um, 
and it like blew out all the fuse box whatever you call it i don't even know on a building like that um it's um i don't know if i should say where it is but um it's over by timeless treasures that area um so that back alley um there's a big fire blew out all this crap back there essentially um and we lost power um do you remember like when we lost power we had a, a full season of shows booked basically yeah i want to say it was late 2019 yeah um yeah i can't remember for certain but i do i think it was like late summer okay maybe like september or something i don't know um but the power came back um christmas eve i'll never forget that mm. Cause it was such a beautiful moment. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of shows that, <laughs> that was kind of a tangent. Sorry. We had a lot of shows, uh, that we had booked that we needed to find new places for Cause there were like touring bands coming through. They like needed a show that day. So Sam and the death cow house, I feel like those were the first shows that death cow didn't play at. Yeah. Is that true. Okay. Yep, definitely. Yeah. And so I felt kind of bad about that in a weird way. No, it was um, probably good. Yeah. I, I was glad to see the house opened up for, for other bands. Cool. I, that's Yeah, that's cool. I was always kind of worried about that. Um, but yeah, you guys really stepped up. It was cool. Did that influence uh, your decision to like start a booking business? Um, well, I had been booking my own shows like before that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like I had done a few at the Mez. Mm. I had done some at... Uh, my girlfriend Jesse's old house. Oh and, yeah, yeah, in her basement. The crust oven. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't come up with that. Name. That was that was Jesse's name. Um, yeah. Where else? Yeah, I mean, some at the Death Cow House too. I'm trying to think, but there I booked like at least fifteen or twenty shows before I started the, or before like I had to move shows to the mez i think um but then like it was i told myself that my christmas present to myself would be i pay somebody to make a logo for me oh yeah <laughs> yeah so i i remember that logo yeah i i thought it turned out pretty nice yeah it's the same person who did uh john haroon you know him right yeah uh his fire hazard records label oh nice okay his logo so who did that? Uh, their name is Alexis Pulitz. They live in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. They were going to play a show at the Mez or something, I think. Oh, I think you're right. I think or they maybe did. Maybe they did. Forget I, what, I forget what band they're in. Yeah. Um, that's cool, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, is it? No, Starry was from Kansas City, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Starry. I don't know. Or they were Doggy. Cool. Or dog yes, or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, <laughs> this is making me miss all the crazy bands that would yeah. just hit us up on Facebook. Man, what a bygone time. I can't believe we haven't had shows in like a year. Yeah. So well, how do you feel about the do you feel like the bay shows are stepping well, in, in a yeah. good way? I it's like, yeah, I definitely I guess I misspoke. The bay shows are real shows. Um they're different though yeah yeah it's different and it we haven't returned to like the culture of it yet you Mm -hmm. know like there's not like a community that's built back up yet i feel like well it's still there but it's just like um in hibernation Mm -hmm. and the bay is like poking it with a stick trying to get it to come back um (laughs) sorry that was a weird analogy (laughs) um can I ask Jolie a question? Yeah, definitely. Uh, what, what is your background in like covering culture in Lincoln, and what what do you plan on covering? Um, well, I have kind of been like a culture reporter for a week, yeah. but <laughs> I do remember crash course. Yeah, <laughs> last year I did cover or I did a preview for an event at the Bay, and I ended up going, and it was for like um, men's mental health month and it was really cool like they had all these bands i of course never heard of because <laughs> i was not even from lincoln and i oh, wow. was never like 
fully in a music scene in Omaha either where I'm from but it was cool to like see all these bands perform and I was like wow like this is fun and like the environment was fun and everyone was so nice and welcoming and like it was a good night and like I was never the kind of person to go out to parties much I, I hated those and so it was like a nice weekend out yeah mm-hmm. in, like a safe environment that I liked <laughs> but yeah I think I want to I'm praying that like the live shows come back because I want to cover those I want like reporters covering those and I want to go myself and like immerse myself in those too um but yeah I'm, I'm kind of learning so (laughs) well yeah hopefully you can immerse yourself in in a scene that is alive again yeah what what did you i sorry i haven't really kept up much um no you're good but what what have you guys been covering since there's that's not that much to cover yeah it's um i didn't it, it all happened like kind of slow well i mean i guess it happened in an instant really everything just shut down um but I feel like I've been so caught up in like the fact that the pandemic is happening that I haven't really paid attention to that. But um, somebody accidentally started the free trial for the premium version of Slack Mm. (laughs) (laughs) recently. Um, I don't know who it is or anything. I don't know if you guys know, but I um, I wish I knew. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very thankful to whoever did it. Because I spent yesterday <laughs> just scrolling back through the culture channel um, and just like reminiscing on uh, what we've done in the past. Because I feel like with shows and stuff, it was so much more, um, or it was so, like, I feel like we used to have our finger on the pulse of the community a little bit. Um, and obviously like we were saying there is no community now so we've kind of had to like jenna feel free to chime in at any point if you want but um we've had to like adapt and find different things to talk about i guess like Mm. all this stuff um we we've also been publishing a lot less uh but it's more like random stories and previews for like university events Mm -hmm. and stuff um which i like it's it's the nature of the beast right now but Mm -hmm. it is really sad i think yeah yeah kind of a bummer way to go out yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i know i was kind of disappointed because i was looking forward to like getting to go to shows more and stuff like that yeah yeah i think that would have been a fun experience just because i'm not the kind of person to go to those if i don't like I'm not like with somebody I know. So I was really like looking forward to that, but mm. we made yeah. it fun. I feel like yeah. in our own little way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely like a, a weird, like, um, I, I feel like we're almost like trapped on a desert island or something. <laughs> and we're like <laughs> building a civilization with what we've found. Mm. Um, if that makes sense we've done a lot of stuff on like unl students and clubs and yeah a lot of it's like about the pandemic like oh how is like this club doing during the pandemic yeah. kind of thing like just through that lens just because yeah it's been tough it um it's hard when it's another story comes in and it starts with like with all the all the terrible <laughs> things that have happened in the pandemic blank has happened, you know, it's an easy lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's easy. And it's like the only lead right yeah. now. I feel like everything that's happened in this year, like has been run through that lens. I feel like, yeah, just totally. how it is. Um, but yeah, as I, as I was scrolling back on Slack, uh, I was seeing all the messages, um, especially from you of just like, uh, like insane artists coming to Lincoln and you're like, can somebody cover this? Mm. And it was like, it just felt like, um, it felt like there was something bigger going on, I guess. Cause like post Malone would have been coming to Lincoln or yeah. something. Uh, and it's just like sad that we don't yeah. have that anymore. I don't know. We definitely took those things for granted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
even like Lincoln Calling and Lincoln Exposed, you were, Jenna, you were saying that you were sad you didn't get to do anything. Yeah, like I thought that was fun as a reporter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was always cool to like um, get that big spreadsheet out, like with all the bands on it, and, like have people yeah, uh, cover specific bands and stuff. I guess, yeah, maybe I'll have to show you that yeah. in case it comes <laughs> that, that back. That could be helpful. That's weird though, that there's like a, a weird, there's going to be like a, a gap, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you ever have questions about anything, let me know. Or Sam, I'm sure Sam would love to. <laughs> Certainly. That's good. I'll have a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean like when music comes back. Yeah, stuff, yeah. But... Emma, are you graduating too? Um, I, <laughs> a lot of people do call me Emma. I must look like an Emma. <laughs> I, think it's the, I think it's the names that are kind True. of similar. Yeah. yeah. Similar. Um, if someone's name starts with like Abby or Abigail or Allie, yeah. I cannot do those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still have a year left. Okay. So, but I will not be at the DN next year. This mm. is my last year at the DN. Brianna's moving on. So, yeah. What have you learned at the DN, Jenna? Oh my goodness. Oh, this is kind of a spoiler for your article, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I mean, not to bash the classes at the J school because they're great, but I almost feel oh, like just I'll bash. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I honestly I feel like I have learned more for sure at the DN than in any class at the J school just about like how to write journalistically. And I don't know, just like having that exposure of writing all the time has been really cool. And yeah, I guess as an editor, um, I don't know. I think it's been really growing for me as a writer, even because I think I, um, I don't know. I'm better at finding mistakes now into, I just, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a big question. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I've learned a lot about leadership. That's been a big thing. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> also, something random I just thought about, if we want to draw more lines into the past, Jenna has a weird video. <gasps> um, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm going to send it to you. Um, was that added? Just... So she has a, a video yeah. from the Bay. <laughs> um, so th yeah, this was my first. Um... It totally was a Death Cow show. Yeah, it was a Death Cow show. Yeah. You were there <laughs> and you were there and I was like standing right behind you too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, oh there, there was a mosh pit going. And um, I'd never been in a mosh pit before. Yeah. <laughs> And so uh, Jenna has this video of um, her, your friend took it or something. <laughs> and it's Jenna looking at the camera like she's like so <laughs> freaked out or something. And then in the background, you just see me like going absolutely insane. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. And oh like gosh. you weren't even working at the DN or anything, uh, right? Uh, yeah. No, that was my freshman year. Yeah. But it's so funny. It's so weird how stuff like that. Do you guys want to see around. it? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to show you, but. Is it? Can you airdrop it? Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's probably not good. Good podcast. Uh, yeah, that's true. We, we can look at it. I'll later. show you later. I'll yeah. show you later. But it yeah. is pretty funny. Wow. It was. So, yeah. Jolie, line. were you there by chance? Was that the show <laughs> at the bay? <laughs> no, I don't think I was. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, it's cool. I can't wait for that to come back, you know, and see more people draw weird connections to each other. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. I I don't know how I'm gonna like because I don't know about you guys, but COVID has made me like way more uh, not, reclusive. Is probably too strong, but like it is hard for me to socialize now. Yeah, really. I yeah. feel that 100%, actually. I feel like I'm the opposite. I feel like I'm an introvert, but just, like, being shut up in my room all the time with glasses has just made me, like, really, really eager to get out and do stuff mm. again. But 
Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I definitely see that that part of it. But like, I don't know. Like there have been like those Bay shows, uh, being around people again. Um, part of it is just kind of weird because there's a lot of small talk going on. And I have, I think that's maybe the biggest hurdle is just, I, I don't remember how to, how to do small talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't stand that, but hopefully I can just like people, we can all be real with each other and hug each other and yeah. Open arms. Yeah. that That's true. It's, I, I feel it, um, both ways kind of, cause I like, in my brain, I'm like really excited to do all of these things. And then when they happen, I'm like terrified to mm-hmm. do it, you know? Um, so it's, as things have kind of started opening up and uh, that kind of stuff, I've, it's been a weird jump. And I always leave things early now because I just like can't really handle it mm-hmm. entirely. What do you think, Trolley? What's it been like for you? I I think I have that same sentiment of like, I want to do all these things. Like I want to go study at a coffee shop, but then Mm. when I'm like, oh, walking there, oh my gosh, like what if there's no tables available? Yeah. And because everyone wants to do that now, but there's even not enough tables more so now than like before. And I definitely get nervous with it. And even just, (laughs) I get nervous because, you know, when you wear the mask, it's like, it's harder for it is harder to breathe but when you're like walking across campus and like that's all you do to get exercise <laughs> i get to wherever i'm going and i'm like, <laughs> like and i'm trying to not look like i just walked a marathon <laughs> so then i just get embarrassed and i'm like i don't want to be here anymore yeah <laughs> it's easier to just stay home yeah it's like then i don't even have to walk yeah that's another weird thing i'm i'm curious to see like how much of the pandemic traditions and things mm-hmm. will stick around, especially I guess when it comes to culturally things and like shows, like I'm, I'm curious if like live streams will continue being a thing like Lincoln calling. They just did. Uh, they just started Lincoln calling TV, mm-hmm. which is like a big um, live stream, a weekly live stream program essentially. Right. Is that correct? That sounds right. I don't know if it's weekly. (laughs) Maybe not weekly. Maybe monthly. I don't know. Maybe they're doing, I think, okay, we're we're spending too much time on this, but I think it might be, I think it might be weekly, like in April. I think they had like four artists lined up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So is it like, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know if they even know, but um, it'll be weird to see if like live streams continue to be a thing. Um, I this is kind of off topic, but I was talking to Kyle Cruz last night. I went on for an episode of Cinebraskans for my first time before I graduated, um, which is the movie podcast we do. So check that out. Um, But apparently like HBO Max has been doing like in theaters and on streaming services the same day. Mm -hmm. And they recently said that like in next year maybe they're doing uh like a 45 day theater only run and then it'll be on streaming services so that's like half the time that it used to be um but they're still like prioritizing theaters and they're not just doing like um the streaming service thing so i don't know if that's like a business move or like uh uh like um i guess i don't know how to put it I don't know if it's like fueled by business. Like are people just not going to the theaters that long? Or if it's like, we want to make sure to preserve like this in-person tradition, you know, maybe I'm thinking about it way too much. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I, I would think it's, it's a little of both, but I, it seems like if you were trying to get people to go to the theater and like keep theaters alive, like that is a big big business yeah i i haven't been to a theater since covid started really yeah I've have you twice guys? i haven't yet Mm-mm. i went twice i think i went to 
the Grand? Did I go to the Grand? I went to a big one, and then I went to the Ross, too, Mm. for one. I saw Little Fish there. You guys heard of that movie? Mm -mm. I had a complete emotional breakdown Mm -hmm. during that movie. It's so sad. Um, But, yeah, it was, like, (laughs) it was was clean and, like, not crowded, and they had everybody space out and stuff. So I, I... I had a great time both times, but did you have popcorn? Yeah, yeah. It was I miss delicious. movie theater popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I know it's it's weird. Um, Sam, weren't you Mark's introduction to the DN? Like, didn't he tell you to start working for the DN? I feel like yeah, basically. I don't know if I told him to, but he <laughs> asked oh. him to. <laughs> That's my alarm to put out the trash <laughs> on thursday nights or wednesday that's nights. a good idea i should probably start doing that otherwise i'm wasting 25 bucks a month <laughs> um but no i i did hire mark um i don't i don't know what made you want to come come downstairs it was come downstairs nice <laughs> um it was definitely like just because all my friends were doing it, you know? Because um, Haley applied. Yeah. Dwight applied. Yeah. Um, who else? Hunter started. Yeah, Hunter did. Audrey. Audrey. Um, it was we're, mostly Haley, really. She just kind of pressured me to do it. And I that, that was weird, too, because I had no writing experience. I honestly don't think I even filled out an application, mm. <laughs> um, which I don't know. Maybe don't. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't but also I'm on my way out, so who cares? <laughs> I don't think the application matters. It's the W four that matters. Yeah, yeah. I I am an employee, yeah. hopefully. Um But yeah, I uh that that was really crazy and I, I remember you were very like accepting to me even without knowing anything. And that's I, I added a journalism major because of the DN mm. and because I just started because it was fun and I really loved it from there. Um but yeah, I, I think maybe that's a lesson you could have, Jolie, is to like, I that's something I've, I've always tried to do when I'm hiring people is like, rather than looking for someone, uh, well, I guess like look for people who are qualified, but <laughs> also don't turn down someone if they're not qualified, as long as they like want to learn yeah. and they have like a good work ethic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I hired pretty much anyone that applied. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as long as the interview went well. Um I I did even hire a guy who came to the interview eating crab rangoons <laughs> during oh, wow. the interview. I still what? hired him. <laughs> <laughs> did he share? No, he didn't share. Uh, that's, really, <laughs> that's really bold. <laughs> yeah, I don't I I don't want to like judge him or anything, yeah. but I how did it work out at the DN? Oh, he lasted. I think he wrote one story. Really? And we, we didn't even run it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, because either it didn't have a second source or it was plagiarized or something. Yeah. 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 It was It was a food review, though. Oh, yeah. The, it was all of it was way too. Uh, it was. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop because I don't remember exactly yeah. what it was, but. Yeah, that was that was not the best move, but also I don't know if I had higher standards than like a lot of other people would who turned out to be great reporters wouldn't have started at the DN and people that were really good additions to our team. Yeah. That's that's kind of the beauty of the DN to me is that uh I I really believe that no one ever has any idea what's going on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're all just kind of running around doing our best. But that that sort of like drive everyone has um that drive everyone has to just do good work um because there's really like no other motivation. Like um I guess there's like resume building or whatever, but the people who come to build their resume like usually don't last long i feel like yeah and there's not a whole lot of money here (laughs) so it's all about like just um like doing your best and pushing the people around you to do their best you know what's it like in news (laughs) (laughs) um 
It was definitely really stressful because, you know, you had quicker turnarounds and yeah, that's true. But I think it was a good environment to start in because it made me work harder and it made yeah. me learn time management, like to like right after budget, plan my emails to interviews or yeah. like email them right away. And just like to really stay on top of things and not get behind. But I think that that sentiment of like learning is just like the DN overall. Yeah. Like that's what we're all here to do is to help mm. each other learn and be better. And I think that's, something that every section has that no matter where you go in the newsroom, you're mm. going to get that. Yeah. yeah. I really appreciate too, that there's like no adults here, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's Alan, but he leaves as soon as I get here. Well, yeah. Alan, yeah. I, Alan really doesn't have like any hand in like the content. I don't know really. what Alan does. He mostly does like financial stuff. I okay. Think. Yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah. <laughs> there are good. adults like in there yeah and i guess we are adults but well yeah you know what i mean (laughs) but they don't have any hand in what you're putting out yeah yeah Yeah. or like really even like the way we deal with things yeah like we're just kind of thrown to the wolves and we just gotta (laughs) figure it out you know and i really love that it's really fun um but yeah jolie how did you start with the dn did you start as a news reporter I did. I started as a news reporter. I came in my freshman year and I walked into the J school to go to some like advisor event or event. And I ran into this uh, person, Elsie Stormberg, that I went to high school with. Oh, she um, when I was a freshman, she was a senior (laughs) and we did a play together that in that show, we just all got super close as a cast. So then I saw her and we like struck up a conversation and she was like, hey, you should come down to the DN and check it out. And I was like, I knew that. I knew people from high school that were like, were working for the DN. So I, I, I'd heard it like in conversation or like seen it on Facebook occasionally, but I didn't really know anything about it. And so I was like, sure, why not? And I came down and then I got really worried because I was like, this is, sounds like a big time thing. And I'm just starting out college. Like, do I really want to do this right now? But then Elsie was amazing. She sat down with me we went and got coffee hmm. and she talked me through it all. And she was like, the thing is like, if it's worth your time, you're going to make time for it. And I was like, mm. wow, you're so poetic. Yeah. <laughs> and I applied <laughs> and actually like a month in, I wanted to quit so bad because I was so stressed. But I was like, no, I'm going to stick it out for a semester because Elsie said it was worth it and she loves it. Mm. And so I did. And here I am still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. It definitely is a big adjustment at first. Yeah. Fit it into your time. It didn't really seem like you had much of an issue with it, though. Well, I honestly, um, I I did. I I think I'm I'm no superhero or anything, but I don't know <laughs> if you remember. But I like tried to quit one time. I I sent a Slack message <laughs> to you and Allie. I remember this pretty distinctly. I was on I was in the computer lab uh, at the J School, um, and I was just like losing my mind about something that probably didn't even matter. Uh, and I sent you guys a message and I was like, guys, I don't think I can do this. Like, uh, it's kind of not working for me, but I remember you sent like a really long, like beautiful, also poetic message. Um, that was basically like, uh, like this, this isn't meant to be like a stressor to you. Like we can work with you. Um, like we really enjoy the stuff you've been doing and it, like, we don't think that you should quit. And so I didn't. And I, I was like, okay, like, Sam, you got my back. I'm going to do this. Uh, and it's cool that you had, like, kind of a similar thing uh, because I, I feel like that's something I've tried to pass on to. I guess maybe that's another, like, legacy thing at the DN is, like, the accepting nature of it kind of. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember that at all, Sam? really vaguely yeah i suppose now that you guys have the premium slack membership you could go look (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that would be so cool i was i I was scrolling back hoping to find like some other weird things like that but there wasn't really i you said let me know if you find any gems or something but i couldn't really wait it was you and ali sargas was it just you two um we started out with John Real. Okay. He he, uh, and 
Allie was my assistant, I think. Okay. And so was John. But then John left hmm. and Allie stepped up and became co-senior culture editor. Hmm. And I think part of that was because I was like, I was writing my thesis and struggling and sleeping at the DN. And oh, yeah. I oh, that. no. Yeah. I had a nice blanket fort. Yeah. I have fond memories of a blanket fort. Oh, my God. Here's a funny story. One time, one time I came in for a breaking news shift, uh, which is for the listeners, we just, or we used to sit in the office and wait to see if breaking news happened, if we had to write something. So I was just sitting in the culture section with my laptop doing whatever. Um, didn't really think anything of it. And I got up and I left. <laughs> and then, uh, like later that afternoon, Sam sent me a message <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I was sleeping behind you the entire time. <laughs> 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 and I had no idea. No idea. I didn't Wait, how do you make your fort? You just like... Um, are the there's... counters still the same back there? It's it's actually... The the fort counters are the same. Okay. That's where Jolie sits now. Yeah, okay. pass this wisdom on to me. Okay. <laughs> I want to build a make fort. a fort. Yeah. <laughs> well, is is the weird it. chair still there? The they chair? actually took it out. I don't know what they did with that. I remember asking. It was kind of weird because it, it was covered in metal shavings for the first half of this year. Mm. I don't know why, but I never wanted to sit on it because I didn't want a metal sliver. Um, and then they got rid of it when they moved everything around, so I don't know what happened to it. I could ask Haley. Well, the weird chair was integral to, to my blanket fort. Yeah. Because <laughs> you stuck that in the back corner. You stuck the back of the chair there. And you could drink drape some blankets off of it um i put i draped some blankets off the top of the counter and put some books on top so that they wouldn't fall off <laughs> um and then there was a filing cabinet uh on the other side of the chair so that sort of blocked things out too and i just positioned the chair so that like it was pitch black in there and there was like a some dn promotional board like one of those or something and i put that at the end but that like once i got in there i would slide that and that is so <laughs> funny did you have like a like a sleeping bag in there yeah i ended up bringing a sleeping bag from okay. home <laughs> initially i was just using the blankets that were at the dn and sleeping on the carpet which is not very comfortable mm. but yeah i brought a pillow and a sleeping bag because i was spending a lot of nights at the dn yeah Imagine thinking you're in the office alone, and then you just see Sam coming out <laughs> of the floor. Yeah, some, uh, before Alan was here, there was a guy named Dan, and he would show up at like 6 a.m. and turn on all the lights. And I don't think he ever saw me, but I would like poke my eyes out and see him walking by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you ever use the shower that's in the bathroom? Oh, no. Okay. I kind of thought about it, but there's no shower curtain, or at least yeah, there wasn't. That's, yeah, I don't think there is still. But I was... Uh, and I think it's just cold water, too. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Maybe it'll heat up after a while. I guess I've never tried it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about living in the DN two summers ago. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was trying to plan out the logistics, but uh, I don't know. I feel like... Uh, Did you ask anyone about this? No. So that, that would have been when I was with Carissa. So yeah. I was scared of Carissa. Okay. But if it was Grace, I would just do it, I think. <laughs> I was just reminded of the the funniest story that Mark wrote uh, while I was there. Um, it was about the, the kid who rides his bike with no handlebars <laughs> yeah. and has long red hair uh, that's always combed straight, but it's still super frizzy. Yeah. And he always wears shorts no matter the temperature. Yeah. I wonder what he's up to these days. That kid was so amazing. I think he must have graduated yeah. by now. I haven't seen him in a... In a while, yeah, he was a legend. He really was. That I, that story was so funny to me for so many reasons. But I remember he like you didn't didn't you have a class with him or something? Yeah, I had. <laughs> I had a uh, honors, uh, a psycho, psych yeah psychology of adolescence. Yeah, and you were you were trying to get a hold of him for yeah. the story, and I told him where. I told you, Mark, where he would be. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just like yeah. ambushed him. <laughs> it was really, 
honestly kind of bizarre. <laughs> but it, it was like, I don't know, it was fine. I, I remember I was sitting <laughs> I was sitting on the steps of Nyhart, just waiting for him to exit the building. <laughs> and I was like looking around and I spotted him like go up to his bike and or he was just like crossing the street. Um and so I, I like went after him. <laughs> And I, I was like, oh, God, how do I do this without being weird as hell? Um, and so I like went around the other side of Selick, and he was going the other way. And in front of Selick, he was like going to his bike there. And I, I just went up to him and I was like, can I interview you? Like, I don't even know what I said, but it was definitely something along the lines of like, everybody knows who you are. Can I write a story about you? And he was just like, sure. <laughs> he was so cool about it um but just a real character you know and that that definitely is one of my favorite stories too because it was just so fun to talk to someone um like that who like has just a very bizarre thing that is like is their thing you know and mm -hmm. that's they've like become known for it i guess but yeah he like he uh ever since kindergarten he just like didn't enjoy the feeling of a coat on his skin. So slowly over the course of like six years or something, he conditioned himself to like get used to the cold essentially. So he would like wear less layers every winter. Um, and eventually now he just is impenetrable, I guess. He is not affected by the cold. <laughs> Wait, I kind of wonder what he did when we had like negative... He Whatever didn't wear anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. He never wore anything besides a t-shirt and gym shorts. Like Remember literally, like I'd never saw him. Cold? Like... Yeah. And I, I don't think anyone has ever seen him wearing anything else. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Who'd you get for a second source on that story? Um. So yeah, that's kind of a, a sad thing. Is I texted him and I was like, uh, "Is there any, like literally anyone else I can talk to?" And he said. Uh, I don't really keep like uh, I don't really keep company. There's huh. no one else you can talk to, and I was like, oh, I don't keep whoa. company. Yeah, um, so I didn't know if you like just like. Well, actually, I don't think it was unintentional. I think it was an intentional because I would always wave to him afterwards, and he wouldn't like acknowledge me. I think he was just kind of a introvert. Um, but yeah, so for the second source, I just interviewed three people outside the union who knew him <laughs> yeah. you know just from seeing him around and I, I think that really did work for the article because it we needed some sort of uh like grounds yeah to identify this campus icon you know yeah like yeah. He's, he's left an impression on people yeah definitely yeah he was really cool um what are what are y'all's favorite stories I don't, what, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about um, in particular? We could maybe close out with our favorite stories we've ever written. Okay. If you want. I don't have anything. <laughs> okay. Other than my yeah. favorite story. Yeah. Cool. Well, Let's do it. my, I, don't, I think my crowning achievement, uh, at least while I was writing at the DN, um, and looking back on it, like reading it now, I would probably cringe at some of the stuff <laughs> in it, but I did a feature story on the Lincoln rapper Hakeem. And that, to me, that was the best story I'd ever written. And it went in the magazine and it was like 1500 or like 2000 words. It was, and I wrote it in like I remember it was like Ben Larson had to pester me to get it done because I was taking too long on it. But yeah, it was, I just, everything that I had like learned at the J school and at the DN, uh, just my interviewing skills were like, it was like my capstone of interviewing people. So I, inter yeah. it was like a three hour interview really, and I felt like I really got to know him and understand what drives him and stuff and yeah that, to me that's like one of my favorite parts of writing and interviewing people yeah i agree i uh i we interviewed him for our first in-person podcast we did in really? this room yeah 
but I, I read that article um, in preparation for it. And I, I, I agree. I think it was really incredible. And I, I feel like you really touched on like, uh, you, you just like so eloquently delivered what he does, you know? Mm. And I, I really appreciate that. Thank something you. I strive for. Jolie? Um, I think my favorite would have to be from our endowment magazine last year, but it didn't get all like the hype it deserved because right when we published that endowment, mm. then COVID happened. And so it got oh. overshadowed a lot. But the endowment magazine was about diversity on campus. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt really cool because... <laughs> Um, my editors gave me like the big story that essentially inspired the whole endowment. So I oh, like, wow. yeah, I felt like a lot of pressure, but it was fun because I got to talk to, um, it was like four or five people just about like what they thought about diversity on campus and like their experience with it. And, um, it was cool and I was really proud of it. And then we didn't even get like a physical copy of endowment because COVID happened mm. and like we didn't, everyone stopped printing everything. And mm. then even when it was published online, mm -hmm. people were clicking on COVID, not <laughs> diversity on campus. So yeah. Dang. yeah, I was really proud of it. I'll read it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work went into it. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I spent like several days down in the UNL archives trying to find out, who used to be like vice chancellors because it was also looking at diversity and leadership on campus and like mm -hmm. how many and we were trying to get together all the vice chancellors and like if they were men or women or like if we had any people of color that were leaders which I don't think I ever found anyone that was in our past which is sad but mm -hmm. it was a lot of work and then I don't even think half that data got published but <laughs> it was kind of fun I got to explore a bit nice cool Mine was definitely um, the article I wrote about Beale Slough last year. Mm. Um, for those of you who don't know, Beale Slough is a slough in <laughs> South Lincoln. It's just like standing water, gross standing water kind of. Um, and it like runs through South Lincoln. And my best friend's dad's friend had a facebook page for it because he thought it was just like the funniest thing ever and so i interviewed him and then i interviewed someone from the city and he thought i was the dumbest person ever 100 <laughs> percent. he was like not amused at all by my question <laughs> i was like so why is it called Beale Slough? he was like i don't know it's just called that why do you think they call it dead man's run i don't know it's just but. called that. <laughs> There's got to be a story behind it. Yeah. That. I know. People are, the people are interested. Yeah. No, he didn't have a good sense of humor about it, but I thought it was a fun one to write, and I thought it was very funny. So that's my favorite one. Nice. Yeah, I've thought about Dead Man's Run, too. Like, what the story behind that name right. is. Right. Yeah. Apparently, it's just called that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's no story. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I don't really know what my favorite article is. I started to panic, and I looked up everything I've ever written. Um, and it's weird because I, I love them all in different ways, except for the ones that I pitched because I had no other ideas. Which, <laughs> sorry, Sam. I definitely did a few times. Um, We're all guilty of that. <laughs> uh definitely up there well first of all the story i wrote for the black lives matter project last s semester was that this semester last semester I it was really, this semester yeah um like that one was an incredible challenge i think kind of because of what you were saying uh i i anything in regards to like diversity especially in lincoln i think is it's like tough to find sources and like so m that story was about the history of black musicians in Lincoln hmm. which is just like such a massive concept that I really didn't know where to start um and I really don't think I even scratched the surface of like what's there um 
but it was cool to peer into a world like that and share that with other people, you know, to the best of my ability, um, especially as a white person who has no idea anything of what that's like. Um, I think it was, that's, that's like the challenge of journalism, I guess, as a, as a craft is like understanding other people and sending those other people out to even more people. Um, so yeah, I wish I could have done like two years worth of research for that story, but I couldn't. And so I did the best I could. <laughs> um, but it was fun. And also the one that has a special place in my heart is the DN press play pagan athletes mm. live from the office. Um, that was a goal. I think that idea is really the only reason I got my job to begin with. Mm. And so I'm glad that we even got one in, you know, it was literally published March 13th. Um, so I remember we had to put a disclaimer on the video to say that it was filmed on like March or in, in February or something mm. um, because COVID was around and people were, we were like worried that people would get angry at us for like having people in the office. Um, but yeah, that was a really fun one. And Jolie, I hope that you, I know Haley wants to be involved too. So I hope that you all collectively carry that on. I want, I want it. <laughs> um, the, the next year senior multimedia editor, Zeke, already came out to me like the moment I got the job. He was like, we're bringing that back. Okay. It's not a question. Sick. And I was like, well, good thing good. that you want that because that's what I want too. So. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I was happy when, when you got senior culture editor <laughs> a couple of years ago because that was always something that I had wanted to do Yeah, when I was at the DN. It's, yeah, but we never made it happen. Yeah. That's that's the other thing about the DN is that like it's there's so much that's always just a little bit out of reach, mm -hmm. you know. Like um, if you had more time Yeah. Or if you were in college for six years, then yeah. you could get more things done. But yeah. You have a year or two max to really make the section what you want it to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's when when you throw an entire university workload on top of that. Mm -hmm. It's like there's just no way that you can always get to everything. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the pursuit yes. that makes it beautiful. Anyways. Yeah, poetic. <laughs> Very nice. Well, great. Maybe we should leave it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for uh, joining my collective reminiscing session slash closure therapy appointment <laughs> um this was a lot of fun thank you guys for coming on jenna you had no choice i suppose <laughs> but thank you for being here as of well course. um i really appreciate the work we've all done together i guess and i can't wait to see jolie what you do in the future with the culture section thanks yeah <laughs> treat it nicely <laughs> i will <laughs> you have big shoes to fill. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Sam's <laughs> shoes. And your shoes. Mark's house. Mark's shoes. <laughs> Mark's house. Why does it Mark's house? <laughs> See, I can't socialize, remember? Yeah, yeah. Mark's we're working house. on it still. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. Farewell, everyone. Stay cool, Star City. Star City.